0: Dot FM or wherever it is that you get podcasts from. We appreciate all you guys out there. Our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive through at Strange Brew Coffee House or at Brupolo over there in a, in Tupelo. It would be <laughs> it would be a little weird, uh, Robbie, if Brupolo was in Collins. That would be really weird. You're right next to the Collins Zoo. Yes, I've always wanted to go to the Collins Zoo. I've been told that you do not want to go to the Collins Zoo. Always wanted. I've always wanted to experience that. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I don't think, I don't know that you actually do. Well, wherever you are in our fine state or anywhere, you want strange brew coffee every morning and you can't make it to one of those two locations. Well, I got good news. You just go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. In order it for shipping. Whatever kind of coffee machine sitting on the front counter at your house, they got you covered at strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. Sorry, I'm spaced out for a second there. College Corner, <laughs> collegecornerstore.com. That's the place to find maroon and white merchandise that you can't find anywhere else. They've got it only at College Corner. They have the biggest and best selection of it in central Mississippi. Two locations to serve you in the Jackson area. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowwood by the Half Shell. Or you can always shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Humble Taco, Starville's newest and best Mexican restaurant. I may make a trip to Humble Taco this weekend. I've been eating a lot of tacos lately at home. I want somebody else to make tacos for me. Well, we were going to go there yesterday,
1: but you had just had tacos. I had just had tacos.
0: So So you were not down for humble. I need to let the professionals handle the taco making this weekend. I think I might have to do that. Maybe Friday night. That might be a good call. And I'm telling you right now, weather's, you know, it's nice. gonna be cool, you know, cooler in the evening. Great time to sit out on the patio, enjoy a, a handcrafted margarita or, you know, for, for me, one of their fantastic local beers. Some tacos, some chips and queso. That sounds Let's like a be great... honest, for you, you're just going to get the fountain Coke. I might, I, I have a beer every now and then. What are you, you're, you're going to, I'm just saying, what, what are you, what are you, what are you saying? You like Coke. I do like Coca-Cola. Just saying though. A good, a good old,
1: they have good old fountain Cokes.
0: If I'm sitting out on the patio though and enjoying the breeze, I might, I might have a, a nice cold, uh, draft lager, you know, <laughs> to enjoy with it. Uh, well, I hope to see you there at Humble Taco. Uh, if you're looking for a great, uh, lunch today, lunch suggestion for me, I always say firehouse subs is the way to go. Download the free Firehouse Subs app. Place your order online. It's ready within minutes, and then you've, not only do you have a sandwich, you have reward points, so that your next sandwich is probably going to be pretty close to being on the house. Locations in Starville and Oxford, Columbus and Tupelo, Flowood and Madison. That's Firehouse Subs. Robbie, how are you?
1: I'm good. H- have you seen this video of, uh, that Cole Kubelik just posted of yes. Duhem Otis clearing yes. out the entire offensive line? Yes. That's nice. Good for Alabama. They needed, they needed some good another defensive player. Yeah. I'm glad they yeah. got. Here's one thing that I'll say, Brian. Mm-hmm. I posted that story a couple weeks ago on the NFL Top 100. Mm-hmm. It is wild how many pro players hit for Mississippi State, the percentages. Yeah. yeah. Like, not just, you know, they're successful, they're top of the league. Right. Alabama, you think about the players that Alabama and LSU put in the league.
0: They haven't put a ton of great pros in the league recently.
1: LSU has two more guys on the top 100 list. Alabama has one more guy than Mississippi yeah. State on that top 100 list.
0: But you think Alabama and, has had probably 30 first rounders in the last yes. six, seven years? And yes. Mississippi State's had just, you know, a couple. It's just um, crazy it's to me because,
1: more. you know, the Alabama players that they, they can be so great in, in college and then just completely. With in the NFL, and I'm not saying that they still have some great players in the NFL, I'm not saying they're all like that, but and I guess when you're when you have that many guys in the league, you're going to have some that that fade. Mm-hmm. But the amount of guys that state have that stick in the NFL that have great careers is just kind of crazy
0: to me. How that's well, I happened. think part of that, and then you know, it's sort of off topic here, but I think part of that is when you have so many good to great players, they can all elevate each other. And then when you go to an NFL team that maybe, you know, in terms of NFL players, doesn't have that same talent level and, and yeah. they rely on you a little bit more, you, you can't always deliver like that sometimes.
1: And I thought, I thought that was going to be the case for uh, Mac Jones, but I think he's going to be uh, – He's actually good. a good player. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but anyway, just a little off-topic conversation like there. I said,
0: congrats to Alabama to, for finally getting the breakthrough and, uh, and getting they a – They finally a got start. him a good defensive lineman. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> been a while one since th- they had one.
1: Defensive line is one area where Alabama has just really struggled over the years. They've, they've never seen right there the with running lineup.
0: back and wide receiver they just haven't had talented players there. and quarterbacks now too, I guess. And, and don't forget in the secondary. I mean, they're just not a very talented team. Usually year in and year out. They're really not. They're a scrappy bunch. They overachieve every year. Uh, oh, Nick Saban. What can you say? The underdog, uh, <laughs> the ultimate underdog, uh, well, speaking of the defensive line, Robbie, that's where sort of where I want to go today, and, and look at this matchup between Mississippi State and Arizona from from that angle. From I think I think this, this message is on twenty four seven. It may, it may have been on six pack. I don't I don't recall. But somebody said you know this sort of reminds them of the Kansas State game, Moorhead's first year, where you know Kansas State is a place and a team that year in year out they give they give people trouble. They're a well coached team. You know they have some talent, but State was so much better. On both sides of the line in that game, it just didn't matter. You know, if you recall that game, Kylan Hill rushed for well over 200 yards. Kansas State couldn't do much of anything because State was just pressuring them the whole time. And just you know, from what I know of of the Pac-12, you know the the fronts, the the the, the line of scrimmage is an issue for them. Mike Leach addressed that. He did an interview uh, this week with John Kenzano, who's a longtime Pac-12 uh, media personality out there, and he talked about it. He said the biggest difference between the SEC. And the uh, Pac-12, it's not the skill position guys because you can always get guys who can run and catch the ball. It's the quality of of linemen that you have here in the SEC. This, to me, is where Mississippi State is just clearly better than Arizona and what gives them the biggest advantage on Saturday. Yeah,
1: they they should have the advantage in the trenches. And uh, this game, to me, is always, like most non-conference games for Mississippi State, it's always about, Mississippi State it's it's not about their opponent it's about can can Mississippi State execute because I mean how many non-conference games have we watched over the years Mississippi State's played in that they've lost and what's the underlying theme when they lose those ball games they gave the other team life last year against Memphis which I think is somewhat comparable to this game against Arizona I think Arizona might be a little more talented than Memphis was, um, but I think, this is, I think this is a very comparable situation. Mm-hmm. If Mississippi State plays its game, if it doesn't make a ton of mistakes, if it, if it isn't just giving points to Arizona, giving them life, I think they're okay. I think, you know, like I said, you look back at years past, that, that Louisiana Tech game, as bad as that state team was in 08, the Louisiana Tech game – State should have won by two or three touchdowns that they lost. Mm -hmm. But they they muffed a couple of punts to turn the ball over. Mm -hmm. That's how you lose these kind of games. Mississippi State should be able to control the line of scrimmage. They should have the better offensive line against Arizona's defensive line and vice versa. State should be able to win up front. And when you do that, I I really believe that you're going to win the ball game. But it all boils down to can Mississippi State play clean – Go out there, take care of business, start off strong, and, um, and get out of there 2 0. I mean, because playing on the road is tough. Playing on the power five, p- playing on the road in the power five is, is even tougher. And I think that this team is not going to be a pushover, mm-hmm. but State is the better ball club. They're the more talented team, they're the more cohesive team. They've been together for three years now. They should win this game,
0: but they've got to come out and control the ball game early. And that's really true about state for any any game. They're, they're just not talented enough outside of the East Tennessee State game to just show up and win. Even Bowling Green could, be, could give Mississippi State problems if State goes out there and, not, and doesn't play well. In, in this game, which side of the ball do you think has the bigger advantage for Mississippi State, offense or defense? I think defense, um,
1: because I think you know I think it's going to boil down to the two teams on the offensive side of the ball. They're both talented on the offensive side of the ball, but I think State is going to get off the field more than Arizona is if State's not turning the ball over on offense. If State's playing clean on offense, they're going to score consistently, I think. But State's defense has the ability to get off the field against Arizona, and I think that's where they're going to win the ball game is getting stops and, and building a lead. And it goes hand-in-hand. Hand. I mean, when they get the stops, the offense needs to take care of the ball – and go score points. So, uh, yeah, but I, I, I think the defense is going to be probably state's biggest advantage.
0: I tend to, to to disagree with you. To be totally honest with you, I, I think that Mississippi State's biggest advantage is probably going to be on the offensive side of the ball I, with their with their offensive line. It's just it's just going to be bigger, stronger than than uh, than Arizona's defensive line is going to be. You know, looking at some of some of the names here, um, you know, Jalen Harris is one of their starters. He's listed as a defensive end, two hundred and seventy-five pounds. I mean, just you know, you think about a defensive end in in, in the SEC, usually bigger than that. This is a, you know, this, they run a, a a four-man front where they've got this thing called the the cat, uh, sort of a hybrid defensive end linebacker kind of position, but they're just not you know. They're just. I'm not saying they're undersized, but I am saying that they they're not the average SEC defensive line. And when you have guys like LaQuinston Sharp, Cole Smith, Nick Jones, those bigger offensive linemen in the middle, I think they're going to wear on this team. And again, I don't think State's going to run the ball 34 times like they did a week ago. But I do think State's going to have some success, maybe even a little more success in the running game than they had against Memphis in terms of yards per carry. And then well,
1: the reason but, that I, the reason I don't think that that's as big a factor mm-hmm. is. If state was doing what they did with with Dan Mullen and Jeb Moorhead, and they're running a lot of read option, and they were they were starting you know starting drives like trying to run the ball, mm-hmm. uh, I think that that would be more of an advantage. But I mean, what are we talking about here? I well, mean, the, well, well, I don't, I would don't say think the, that I think they're I a comparable say. defensive line, maybe to, to Memphis. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I I, I just think state's going to be able to move the ball and score no matter what. So what, and I think Arizona can do that too. So the difference in the ball game has to be somewhere else to me. And that's on the defensive side for state. Cause I think state's
0: defense is going to be better than their offense. What I would say to that is even though state's not running the ball a ton. And I mean, they did run it 34 times last week, but even if they only run it 25 times this week, just having to go up against those bigger, stronger linemen grinds on you, especially, in Mississippi State just tweeted out a graphic. State held the ball against Memphis for 41 minutes. I mean, if you're on the field for that long, and and Arizona, I can't imagine Arizona as a team that has a lot of depth. I mean, that's going to wear on you, even if it is just pass blocking. Just going up against those guys play after play is going to wear on you a little while. You know, if State can give Rodgers time to throw, we know that he can pick any secondary apart. So... It's, it's all about, you know, how that offensive line performs, and I think that I think they have a, an advantage here. I do agree with you that defensively, State should have a, a big advantage, again, up front, just because there's just not a lot of guys like Nathan Pickering and Cam Young in the Pac-12. Certainly not, you know, we're outside of a USC or maybe an Oregon. You know, there's maybe a couple of those guys. Whereas in the SEC, I love Cam Young, but, I mean, is he in the top 10 defensive linemen in the SEC? Probably not when everybody's healthy. So that's that, that's 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 where this game is sort of won or lost for Mississippi State. As long if State plays clean, this is where the game is won or lost. Now, if they don't, and they make mistakes. Then we, we, you know there are other factors to take take into account. Let's sort of stick with the running running game a little bit here. So Thirty four carries last week. I, I think that that's an outlier. That might be the most carries they have this season outside of the East Tennessee State game. If that one gets out of hand early, which it should. You know, what's a a number you would you you would not be surprised by in terms of carries, not not and not, not total running plays either, because you know I'm not really worried about Rodgers when he gets sacked. For you know, is 25 sound like a a correct number to you for from between Marks and Johnson?
1: Yeah, that's that's where I I think state should live, 20 to 25, um, and you know 90 to 100 yards.
2: I'm
1: mm-hmm. um, I i I'm not. I'm not expecting this team to have a 250-yard rushing day like they have in the past. I'm not expecting them to have two 100-yard rushers.
0: And when you say by in the past, you mean
1: when a different coach was here. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But coming into this season, I've, I've predicted that Marks and Dylan Johnson would rush for over a 1,000 yards. Um, and they're on their way right now. They've done a, they did a good job in game one. I thought Dylan, Dylan Johnson, to me – just looks like the more complete back. Uh, I think you, I think you I have potential that. to grind out more yards with him. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anybody that runs harder than Jaquavius Marks, and he might do his job better than anybody else on the team at their particular position. Mm-hmm. You don't see him whiffing on blocks. He's uh, you know, the ultimate team guy. But I think Dylan Johnson has more potential to grind out more yards in this offense because these running backs are not getting gaping holes. And maybe it would be better for them to be a little more patient in the backfield and allow the offensive line to open up those runs. We talked about that a little bit mm-hmm. in the press box the other day. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe, maybe this offense would be more effective running the ball if you're not just a, a torpedo, you know, running behind the line uh, immediately. Maybe let the play develop a little bit. I don't know. But um, what, they, what they gave you on Saturday – was perfectly fine. 25, 26 carries, whatever it was. I think they were over 100 yards rushing between them. When they get in the red zone, when they get inside the five, uh, I don't think that either one of those guys are going to be stopped. I th- I think they can get four to, you know, 2 to 4 yards and get in the end zone. So, um, you know, that's the expectations of, you know, 30 plus carries. I don't think that's reasonable, but, you know, Twenty to twenty-five from your running backs, I think is perfectly fine. But I do think that Will Rogers and Mike Leach both have gotten more comfortable with allowing their running game mm-hmm. to to kind of blossom a little bit. Yeah, I much more comfortable
0: that. than they were two years ago. Yeah, no, there's no question about that. What was the comment that? We, and he's a Steeler fan. I told you, I was like, if Marks had a little more Le'Veon Bell in him, just sort of you know hit hit the don't hit the hole. You know, like like you, the torpedo is the good word that you use there. You know, let the play develop a little bit and bounce it outside. He can have a little bit more success for whatever reason. I think you know he's a guy. Once he's in space, you know, we watch out for him. He he can definitely deliver a lot. But yeah, Dylan Johnson for whatever reason right now just a little bit better between the tackles runner for Mississippi State and most of Mississippi State's running plays. That's where they're designed to go. State State is not much for running wide. I don't know that they have a true sweep or a pitch play in the uh, in the arsenal. Although we did see an option look on the goal line. Uh, out of Will Rogers, but he didn't pitch probably smartly uh, going back and, and watching that play. Sacks, we talked a little bit about it yesterday in the rumblings. Do you, do you expect State to sort of get off the schneid with that this weekend and get and get a couple of sacks? Yeah, because I think
1: that this offense is going to want to throw the ball a little more than what Memphis did the other day. And Memphis was kind of skittish too, it seemed. Um, yeah, you know, We, we – we had discussed that, you know, a lot of people were concerned with the lack of stats uh, from the defensive line, the lack of tackles for loss, sacks. But I, I think that it had an. I think the the pressure had an effect on Seth Hennigan. I thought he was rushing passes. I thought that um, you know plays were not developing how they wanted them to, and I think that there's going to be more opportunities there for State um, this week. So. Yeah, you know, I would expect a sack or two in this game. I think I think State's going to bring some pressure. I'm not sure how much Zach Arnett was really showing from a, a pressures perspective in that game. It didn't. It seemed very vanilla. You know, and and I, I hate, I'm not disagreeing that. with you.
0: I'm not disagreeing with it, but you know what I'm thinking of when I hear that, right? I
1: know. I, I know. I know. And I I, I actually hate that. Mm-hmm. You know, we used to do that with Dan Mullen all the time. You yeah. know, they didn't show a whole lot.
0: Right. But looking no, back that's at all the they game, were. That's all they had. That's all it was. Yeah.
1: Looking back at the game. We've seen enough of Zach Arnett. That mm-hmm. was not. That wasn't the full. Compliment. That wasn't that wasn't definitely. the full. That wasn't the full arsenal from Arnett. I, th- I think this week we'll see a little bit more mm-hmm. uh, in the form of blitz packages and things like that. I just I didn't see a whole lot of uh, secondary blitzes. Um, you know, the linebackers got back there a few times. It wasn't really a pressure problem to me. Like players were not able to get off their blocks or weren't fast enough. I just didn't see. Enough of it. I don't think the game plan dictated it. Uh, this week, I think you'll see him dial up some things that that's going to get State in the backfield. Yeah. the The main thing that I think State does so well is, um, is kind of just rally to the ball.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, no,
1: I agree with that. I yeah, think they, they get think, guys around the ball. You know, and this might be this might not be the quickest front that they've ever had, or you know the the linebackers that they've ever had, but you know. The angles that they take, Jet Johnson's perfect example, not the best athlete on the field, but he's going to bring you down in the open field. Takes great angles, mm-hmm. wraps up, makes the plays. So, I, I mean, this team, while they might not have the star power up front, they do all the fundamental things well. They do things better than a lot of defenses in the past that Mississippi State has had that had more talent. And I think that's going to
0: translate into big plays from the defense, too. I agree. I agree. Very interesting matchup for Mississippi State. If they, if they can dominate the line of scrimmage, I mean, that's usually enough to win. So we'll see if that's, if that's the case uh, this weekend. Let's move on into the second half of the show that's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council who want to remind you that beef, it's what's for dinner. If you're cooking out this weekend, if you're staying up, you know, I mean, I'm going to tell you right now, you got time to do a brisket on Saturday. You got you got time before kickoff. If you can you don't you even have to wake that, up you can start that thing before lunch. Yeah, you don't even you don't even have to wake up that early to get a bris, a big brisket going if you want to go that way. But hey, maybe some late night steaks or burgers, some beef kebabs, man. There's so many great options every time when we're talking about beef. Go see your local uh butchers, go see your meat market guys at the grocery store and get them to hook you up with some great deals on beef. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers was the winner of our uh, lunch lottery yesterday, and so were we. We won as well because the food was outstanding. Just like it is every other time we go to Two Brothers. You just can't miss. Sometimes, you know, sometimes the easiest choice is the correct one. That's the case when you're talking about where you want to go eat in start Head over to Two Brothers in the Cotton District. Enjoy some great food, some smoked Southern soul food. Great views. Great place to hang out. Great place to have a good time. It's everything you want in one place, under one roof, two brothers smoke meats in the heart of the Cotton District. Great products, great service. Every business has them. or everybodys I'm sorry, every business promises them. Not everybody's delivering them. Not everybody's the same. And when you have a business that's been open for 47 years, you can trust them when they say we take care of our customers. That's the Advantage Business Systems difference. When you want to deal with somebody who treats you like a neighbor and not a number, that's who you're going to want to call. So when you need copiers, printers, laptops, anything you need for your business, you call Advantage Business Systems. And when something goes wrong, you call them again. You're not dealing with out-of-state contractors and overseas call centers. You're talking to somebody here in the state of Mississippi every single time. The number is 601-362-9192, or you can visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. Got an interview we're going to go to now. I talked earlier today to Michael Lev. He covers the Wildcats for the Arizona Daily Star. and got his thoughts on this matchup and a couple of other things. Uh, So let's go down to that interview with Michael Lev of the Arizona Daily Star. Joining me now on the podcast covering the Arizona Wildcats, Michael Lev. He works for the uh, Arizona Daily Star out there in Tucson. And I'll be honest with you as a guy, you know, I I just know enough about Arizona to know that they've struggled a lot over the past couple of seasons. For them to go to San Diego State like that and and win that game and and win in the fashion that they did was very surprising to me on the outside. You're obviously a lot closer to that program. What was your reaction to what you saw in San Diego last week?
2: Yeah, I would say that I was moderately surprised. Um, I I definitely thought Arizona had a very good chance of winning. I initially was going to pick um, the Wildcats to win an upset. I kind of changed my mind at the last second. My Biggest concern was the matchup between the San Diego State uh, defensive front and the Arizona offensive line. And I what I underestimated was just how effective uh, Jaden DeLora, Arizona's new quarterback, could be even in the face of a fierce and unrelenting pass rush. Um, he was pressured more than a dozen times in that game, and you would have kind of barely noticed it uh, based on how calmly and coolly he handled it, uh, the decisions that he made, um, how smart he was with the football, um, how effectively, um, he was able to get the team moving up and down the field, um, despite losing some of those battles up front, Arizona was able to run the ball better, uh, than I thought they would, um, In the matchup last season against San Diego State, they had, I think, 51 yards rushing, and and this year they were around 170, so huge difference there. And then, you know, San Diego State is very limited uh, offensively. They're pretty much the polar opposite of Mississippi State, and once Arizona was able to get ahead by double digits and play with the lead, um, that really put the Aztecs in an uncomfortable spot.
0: You mentioned the, the difference up front and how you thought that was going to be a, a big factor. Obviously, you know, and Mike Leach sort of hit on this uh, in an interview he did with uh, John Canzano, uh, talking about the difference between the Pac-12 and the SEC is that the, the, the quality of players you have on both sides of the line in this conference is just just better normally when you play an out-of-conference opponent. Is is that, again, the biggest factor for you, how Arizona can, can work against Mississippi State's defensive line and offensive line in this game?
2: It's definitely one of the biggest factors. Um, I don't know if it's the biggest. I, I think it's going to be kind of a shock to the system uh, for Arizona to go from this ultra conservative running oriented team to you know a Mike Leach uh, coach squad that's just going to pass the ball over the yard. You know, um, Arizona is going to have to make a ton of defensive plays in space. And, you know, I would say that the secondary is the strength uh, of the Arizona defense. They have a lot of experience back there. They have some really quality players, um, but they don't have great depth. And I think, you know, if they can't get um, Mississippi State off the field, that depth is going to be tested. Uh, I'm concerned that, you know, any missed tackle in space is going to lead to a big play. That's a huge point of emphasis um, for the Wildcats this week. Tackling, gang tackling, get as many bodies to the ball uh, as possible. But, you know, to your point, of course, it it is always a concern um, when any Pac-12 team is going up against any SEC team, uh, line play has not been a strength of Arizona in recent years. One of the main reasons that the program hasn't been successful, Um, they've taken steps to rectify that. But, um, you know, if you're just sort of like which side do you check off, who has the advantage, in the trenches, I mean, you're probably going to go with Mississippi State on both sides in this
0: game. We've been, you know, in, in this state, Lane Kiffin was very active in the transfer portal. Jed Finch, equally active out there. And yeah, I think you saw some of the results of that uh, on Saturday with what you saw from Delora, what you saw from Cowing. Who are a couple of the other impact transfers who, who made a, a great week one impression on you?
2: Yeah, well, you mentioned the the headliners, Delora and Cowing. I mean, either one of them could have been the Pac-12 Offense Player of the Week. Delora ended up uh, winning the award, but someone that I think SEC fans are familiar with, DJ Williams, mm-hmm. uh, running back, who began his career at Auburn, spent last season at Florida State, didn't play much, very uh, didn't play very much um, over there. Came to Arizona kind of late in the process. Showed up a couple days before training camp. He had a huge impact in week one. I mean, he rushed 14 times for 88 yards, 10 carries for 75 yards and a touchdown in the second half. Big bruising back, the kind of kind of guy who can wear down a defense in a, a four-minute offense type situation. That's a big one. And then the other one I would say is Hunter Eccles, um, who uh, looks absolutely ideally built for what they call the cat defensive end position here um it's kind of a hybrid you know defensive end linebacker basically a pass rusher hunter spent um his first five years at usc he was a, a four-star recruit um played uh for a while under johnny nansen who's now the defensive coordinator here um hunter had a great start to last week's game um he had a tackle for loss on the very first play easily could have had another sack um he got hurt in the second quarter only played one play uh, in the second half, but he looks good to go for this week and Arizona has to find a way to generate a pass rush, you know, with four guys if they can. I mean, that's that's the ideal situation uh, against any offense, but especially this type of offense. If you can generate a rush without blitzing and devote more resource, resources to the back end, um, that's probably the best formula for success.
0: When we do our Friday podcast, we always do what we call an X-factor player, not necessarily the offensive or defensive MVP of the game, but somebody we could see making a big play that, that makes a, an impact in the game. For, if you had to pick one of those players for
2: Arizona, who would it be? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I'm going to pick Jackson Turner, um, who's the, the free safety um, in this defense. He had his first career interception last week. Um, He seems to have good instincts for playing that position Um, last year uh, under defensive coordinator, Don Brown. um, There was a lot of man coverage being played uh, by Arizona, maybe too much at times. You know, Jackson was asked to come up to the line and cover a slot receiver. And he, and a lot of his fellow safeties struggled in that role. He's playing more of a classic uh, center field type position now. Um, he was a quarterback, uh, among other positions, in high school, so he has kind of a good feel uh, for what quarterbacks are trying to do. And, you know, I could see him sort of lurking back there, reading the quarterback's eyes, swooping in and, and making a, a, a key interception or knocking down a pass um, that that uh, is a momentum shifter in the game.
0: You know this from his time in the Pac-12 with Mike Leach, that he has this reputation of he's going to lose a game he's supposed to win. When you look at State's SEC schedule, all of their games, at best, are toss-ups. So you can't really say that's one of them. This is the game we sort of circled as, if he's going to lose one, he should win. This is it. Do you do you feel like there are conditions in place right now that if things start going Arizona's, ways, Arizona's way early in the game, that they could pull
2: off the upset? Well, yeah, I think it's definitely possible. I mean, look, I think it was the, uh, the Mississippi State Sports Information Department put out there that this is you know, the longest trip for the program since going to BYU Mm -hmm. in 2016. You know, you're traveling over a thousand miles. Uh, You're going to a different time zone. You're playing a game that starts uh, at the equivalent of, you know, 10 p.m. to your body clock. Um, I think that last week's uh, win for Arizona has kind of gotten people excited here. Uh, So there should be a pretty good uh, home field advantage. Um, it's, you know, it's in the, it's in that PAC 12 after dark time slot, you yeah. know, I mean, weird things happen. Um, so yeah, I'd say it is definitely uh, possible that that could happen. Um, but you know, Arizona has also struggled a lot against Mike beach coach teams, um, in recent seasons, they played Washington state six times from 2013 to 18. Um, Washington State won four of those games. They scored 69 points in two of those games. Um, so to me, you know, I need, to, I need to see it. I need to see some proof that, that Arizona can stop this offense.
0: You sort of hit on what I wanted to ask you about next. I, I remember LSU going out to Tempe and playing Arizona State uh, in the mile's first year many years ago. Is this the first SEC team that you remember Arizona hosting? And what do you expect from the crowd coming off of this big win uh, this, this coming weekend?
2: yeah it's been a while um i i have i've been this is my seventh year on the beat um i don't think arizona's played an sec team during that time they have played seven games all time against the sec they're one five and one um in those games i think people are going to be pretty excited um about this i mean one of Jed fish's like biggest goals since he's gotten here and he just Harps on it and talks about it all the time is he really wants to create a legit home field advantage. And, you know, fans have been pretty apathetic in recent years, and you can understand why. I mean, there just hasn't been a lot of success. I'd say since Khalil Tate left, there hasn't been a lot to get excited about. And now they finally have something um, that they can uh get excited about. Uh the kickoff being so late, that's advantageous for a good crowd as well, because you know, you don't have to. You don't have to avoid the sun. Um, that was a huge issue uh, in last week's game at San Diego State. I mean, it was record record heat for San Diego. It was 100 degrees. I saw that video kickoff. from the stadium. Yeah, yeah I, was, I was surprised by that. Yeah, Yeah. and people just, you know, people were just kind of checking out once the score uh, got a little bit one-sided. That won't be the case. For this one, there's a reason they don't have, you know, uh, 12.30 p.m. kickoffs in Arizona in September. It's just too hot. Um, so I think it's going to be a really – Uh, jazzed up crowd. I think electricity in the building will be um, somewhere between, you know, high and very high. Um, I think people also around here get excited for an SEC matchup. I cover baseball um, as well. And, you know, the super regional um, two years ago against Ole Miss. I mean, people were really pumped just for the idea of, you know, a Pac-12 SEC matchup.
0: One last question. I always ask this whenever we have someone on who, from a location that Mississippi State fans don't normally go to.
2: Where should we eat? <laughs> yeah, of course. Well, I would say that this is a great opportunity to uh, sample uh, some of the Mexican cuisine uh, that we have here uh, in the Southwest. Um, probably the most unique item that anyone could get if they're visiting would be a Sonoran hot dog. And the most famous place, maybe the best place, is uh, El Guero Canelo. Um, so I would recommend that. There's another place called um, BKs that has a very good uh, Sonoran dog. But I would definitely make sure if I was coming out there um, that I tried one of those. I don't, I don't know if, if you can get a Sonoran dog um, anywhere other than Tucson.
0: I have no idea what a Sonoran dog is. so I'm going to make an assumption that you're correct on that <laughs> and we'll see how it goes. Michael Lev from the Arizona Daily Star, man. Really appreciate your time today. Great information. Thanks for coming on the podcast.
2: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: All right. Thanks to Michael. Appreciate his time. A couple of things I found interesting. I did a little of my own research after the interview. I probably should have done it beforehand. This is Arizona's first home game against an SEC team since 2003. They hosted, unfortunately for them, the eventual national champion LSU Tigers that year, uh, who uh, defeated them 59-3. to three. Not great, not great. uh, looking at uh what he talked about with leach in terms of his success against uh Arizona while he was at Washington State, four and two against the Wildcats uh during his time there and as uh, as mentioned by Michael, put up some big points uh against them uh in so several of those games, lost a game where he scored thirty seven points, then scored forty five in a win in twenty fifteen. Scored 37 in a win. Also, that's against Arizona State. Scored 69. Scored 69. Oh, nice. uh, In a win in 2016. Uh, Lost to Arizona in 2017. Uh, Again, scored 37 points, though. And then 69 points again. Nice. In 2018. So you look at this, I mean, the guy was basically averaging well over 40 points a game. His defense let him down in 14 and in 17, where they gave up 59 and 58 points, respectively. Doesn't seem like that's going to be the issue. Another thing that I found interesting talking to Michael, Robbie, is this, the the huge change in what they faced last week versus this week. If you know uh, San Diego State, their head coach is Brady Hoke, former Michigan head coach. He is a very conservative run the football kind of coach to go from that to the air raid is a little bit of a culture shock to do it in a week. I'm not, again, you know, and we'll make our predictions tomorrow. This is definitely a game where state can screw up and lose, but there's a lot working in Mississippi state's favor. That's a, that's one I had not considered, but to go from you practice all summer long, trying to get ready for this, you know, ultra conservative pound the rock offense. And now, Six days later, okay, now we're going we're gonna to face a team that's going to throw the ball 50 times. That's a heck of a turnaround.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I just – I don't know what to think of, of Arizona. I mean, they were so bad last year. I've You know, looking at their roster coming in, I thought that um, they were going to be better, and they look like they're better. But, I mean, how much better are they compared to last year? I just don't know what. Uh, San Diego State has but I got to think that Mississippi State I mean Zach Arnett has prepared for every offense some of the best offenses in the country with infinitely better players they should have the dudes in the scheme on that side of the ball to take care of this game Um, I mean it's just it's hard to believe that they wouldn't come out and play a good ball game on both sides of the ball and if I mean Especially defense, I I feel like the defense is going to be well prepared. There's not going to be nearly as many mistakes possible on the defensive side as it is on the offense. Right. You know, with potential interceptions, fumbles, and all that stuff. Uh, So I'm not really worried about the defense in this game. That feels weird to say, because Arizona, that's kind of their strength. But I I really feel like State can take care of business. Um, I I I still think you know at the end of the day, it just it boils down to Mississippi State on that other side of the ball. Mm -hmm. and doing the right things. But, you know, looking at their offense a little bit, they did look solid in that first game. Mm -hmm. But I I think State's going to be a significantly
0: better test for them than San Diego State. Is this the game for you, though, if we're going to play the whole Leach loses one, he shouldn't? Is this the game for you? We know we talked about during the summer, but looking at State's schedule, this is really the only opportunity to have that kind of game
1: yeah this is absolutely. This is the one I've got circled. This is the Mike leach negative experience here uh and if he gets past this game and state comes out and dominates i mean this could be i think this could be a really good year for them but this is a this is a worrisome game and and the fact that you know we've seen in in two years state has a big game and follows it up with laying an egg. You can't let that happen this year this year every game. Matters for Mississippi State in a big, big way. You cannot have a letdown game. The schedule is too difficult, and what you got ahead when you look at that that slate that's A and M, Arkansas, Kentucky, Alabama that slate you got coming up in several weeks. You got to win this one, and whatever you do next week is you know whatever. Uh, that's not going to affect your season, I don't think negatively. Uh, but you got to win this one, I think, and it's. You know, it's it's a really important game for Mississippi State. And I think if they take care of
0: their own business, they will. Do you worry about, you know, people are – everybody's human, right? So, if you're a Mississippi State player and you watched LSU and the way they played so poorly Sunday night, do you worry about State maybe looking ahead to LSU next week? Yeah,
1: I could definitely say that. I think they did that last year. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, it set up almost exactly like this. That's a good point. I hadn't really considered that. That's a good point. State beat NC State. Um, which was a game that they were focused in on. They beat Memphis. I mean, they beat, uh, um, yeah, Memphis this year on a game that they were really focused in on. Now you got this game in between a huge game against LSU. And it's on the road, different kind of environment. How is State going to react? Um, I think that this team is veteran enough and experienced enough. They shouldn't have a letdown. But, you know, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But, I mean – I feel different about this team than I did about last year's team. There was so much more to prove last year. And I feel like this team should be able to take care of business.
0: The the veteran presence, I definitely agree, makes makes a huge difference. When you've got guys like Luke Winston Sharp, Cole Smith, Will Rogers, uh, Austin Williams on offense, and then defensively, you know, Cam Young, Watson, Johnson, Wheat, Forbes. I mean, you've got so many guys who've played so many games. I agree with you. I think that makes a huge difference for Mississippi State. We'll get a lot deeper into the preview, obviously, tomorrow. We'll give you our playmakers and we'll give you our prediction uh, for Mississippi State Arizona. Let me give you guys a programming note. Sunday, I am just, I got a lot going on personally. So, regardless of the outcome of this game, uh, Sunday's podcast will be later in the evening. Uh, so, we'll just have to record. Just later, there's no way around that. So, just giving you guys a heads up for that. Obviously, we'll have the uh, the post game show up on the uh, podcast feed for you uh, after uh, you know whenever all that wraps up. Probably around I don't know (laughs) three ish, three ish in the morning, three ish, three ish. We'll see how that goes. See how it happens. All right, guys, have a great Thursday, Robbie. I'll be back with you tomorrow to wrap up the week. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian. Hey, Dad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi.